the promise that I issue to you is that by one o'clock today, you will know more than you do now. LBC 97.3 Mystery Hour with James O'Brien. Three minutes after 12. Do you you know what the biggest mystery of this year is going to be? Just listening to that report there about the rail fare rises and this will probably be the the narrative that sets the tone for pmqs as well every every week when they deign to return to work um recovery on the one hand cost of living on the other how can there be a recovery underway in a way that is meaningful to you and i when people like those commuters there on the trains are effectively being bled like pigs being prepared for black pudding production bled dry of every spare penny they have I, i i think i've got a horrible feeling the answer might be that uh, because we have to spend every penny we've got in order to stay afloat, we are, in some sense, injecting or revivifying the economy, in a way. Anyway, that's my mystery for 2014 out of the way. Let's hear now some of yours. This is your weekly opportunity to get an answer to the question that has had you befuddled for the longest time. 0845 973 is the number to call if you've got a who, a why, a where, a what, a when, a whither... Uh, maybe even the odd wherefore. And, of course, the the, the, con- the other side of the coin is that if you hear someone ask a question to which you do know the answer, then you are duty-bound to ring in and provide it. There's only two rules. Repetition and dullness are our enemies. So if you're going to ask a question and uh, we think we've dealt with it before or one of us can remember dealing with it relatively recently, we shall probably politely pass. And if you sense a certain lack of enthusiasm from the professionals answering the phone when you ask your question, please take that for what it is. It's a polite invitation to do one rather than pushing them to the point where they can't answer the other ten lines that are ringing uh, because (laughs) until they say to you, sorry, that's too boring, please go away, you won't. So I, I just, I know that sounds so ungrateful and unfriendly, but you should be able to get the gist fairly, fairly quickly. And I would add that being the first of the year, and we've had a couple of weeks off, and there was a bit of confusion in the week before, and there was uh, interruptions to the schedules and changes to the running order, this, this is now up and running, and the phone lines are open. If you hear me say the number, it means I've got a phone line free. 0845 907 three is the number to call i think that's pretty much it isn't it should we get the theme tunes out this year first theme tunes of 2014 or should we wait wait and see i don't know but remember if you hear me say the number you you've got a chance of getting a line into the building and if you hear somebody ask a question to which you know the answer please come on throw me a bone chris is in hemel Hempstead. chris question or answer Good morning, James. This Hello. question. Carry on. It's maybe the daftest one you're going to get this year, but we'll see. I very much doubt it, but go right. on. Right. Why do black plastic dustbin liners smell of bonfires? Why is that daft? Every time I change the bin, they, they smell of bonfires. Why, why, why do you think that's daft? Well, maybe it's not daft. I think every single person listening to this who is man enough to change their own bins will... Uh, Recognise that. It's a, it's a smoky smell that you get. Yeah. What's that got to do with black plastic, plastic bags? Exactly. Chris, I, I, we may not get a better question in all of 2014. Right here, then. I shall do my best to get you an answer. Six minutes after 12, Ryan is in Brentwood. Ryan, question or answer? Uh, good afternoon, James. How are you? Oh, very well, Ryan. What's on your mind? Yeah. Yes, um, it's to do with atomic clocks. I remember... I've got all their reading... albums. Oh, they're great, aren't they? Um, I, I remember reading an article or hearing it on a radio station or something uh, about that a new atomic clock had been built, mm. which was the most accurate clock ever. But I was mystified as to 
how are they measuring that clock? How are they measuring the accuracy of that clock against another clock have, have to we, make one more accurate than the other? Have we done this? Are you sure it wasn't I, I here that you heard uh, it and you just weren't concentrating properly? Um, no, I heard it on the news um, programme, but it, it wasn't actually ministry. I would have remembered that. We've built a new atomic clock. It's the most accurate atomic clock in history. How, how the heck do they know that? What do they compare it to? Yes, correct, sir. Isn't it to do with the length of a second, but then you'll say, well, how do they know exactly how long a second yes, is? Yes, that is exactly what I'm saying. And then my teeth start itching and, and all my hair falls out. Hmm. Hmm. So, how do they know? <laughs> yeah. I How like do they it. measure one, the accuracy I get from one thing to another if, they, if it is the most accurate ever, basically? To my shame, I, 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 think, I think this rings a vague tinkling bell, but the fact that I can't drag it to the front of my consciousness and Jones the Engineer has an even more blank look on his face than usual <laughs> suggests that I may be imagining things. Right, and leave it with me. 0845 is the number to call. Thank you for your kind words about the return of Mystery Hour. It's quite an opportune moment to um, invite you to join me on Twitter. At Mr. James O.B. is the name that you need. Quite a few people obviously got new devices for Christmas. Or Why would you only be joining Twitter now? You've missed out on so much, but better late than never. Where are we going next? Paul's in Northolt. Paul, question or answer? Hi, Jay, thanks for for a year working daytime now. I used to work nights, but nice to speak to you again. Fantastic show, mate. You're very kind. We do, we do. Hey, hang on. Whoa, 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 whoa. 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 Podcasts, Paul. Sorry? Podcasts, Paul. I don't do computers. You don't do computers? I don't do computers, no. I'm a... I'm a no. Uh, Caveman? Is that the word you're looking for? <laughs> Luddite? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I've been accused of that. Yeah. No, fair enough. Um, I, I get out there and meet some real people. What is your question, Paul? Why are raindrops different size? Why, why is there heavy rain and light rain? What determines that? Because if the cloud's full of water, like he, and it lets go of its water, they're not, I, I presume it, it let it go at the same rate. But it doesn't. You get heavy rain, light rain, spitting rain. Why? What determines if the rain's heavy or spitting or light or medium or whatever? I presume it's the amount of, the, the amount of water that's in, in the atmosphere at that time. The rate that if, if a cloud's full of water, why doesn't it let it go at the same rate every time? A different cloud will let, let go a different amount of water, that's fair play, but why is the rain heavy or light? I don't know if this is a really silly question or an absolutely brilliant one. I was thinking before I phoned up for yeah. enough, yeah. No, fair, fair enough. I mean, there's only one way to find out. I'm not going to take the mickey out of it, because if I do that, then history suggests I'll end up looking like a right napkin. <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah. then. So, wh what... Wh what determines well, it, it, the, the, it, it, the, the, the rate of rainfall? Yeah, and the, well, basically, my, question, my original question was to be the size of the raindrops. Why are the raindrops... Why hey? is it heavy rain, I presume, is because the raindrops are heavier. No, it's they, not. They fall it's because the there's more raindrops. Because of gravity. It's because there's more raindrops. It's not because the ra individual raindrop is heavier. Well, he heavy rain means raindrops? more rain, not bigger raindrops, Paul, doesn't it? Does it? Or oh. uh, your qualifications, James? Well, come on. Don't make me say common sense, because then I'll end up looking... Well, I don't know. Is it? Is it? Well, no one's gone out. It's heavy it's rain, because like, the raindrops are heavy. If I've got a jug a half full of water yeah. and pour it out, yeah. I presume it's gonna, the, the water's going to pour out of that jug the same rate as I've got a full jug and pour it out at the same angle, let's uh, say. Ah, at the same angle. Maybe that's a, maybe that's, maybe that's a bad it is. Uh, comparison. Let's I'll just know. stick. Let's leave the raindrops out of it. And, and work out why rain falls at different rates. Yes. Yeah? Yeah. You sure? You, you sound a little reluctant, as if you just sort no, of... No, we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. 
Because I don't think raindrops are heavier during heavy rain. No, I think they. Oh, All right, then, I'll leave that, I'll put that on as a side dish. I'm just telling they, they are, but I'm wondering why they are. I'm right. adamant they are smaller. Well, shall we just do, what's the difference between heavy rain and light rain? that do, go on. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Go with that one. Could have gone through this process before you rang in. Sort of waste of time, Joe. <laughs> oh, there's me, after, after missing you for a year. Sounding so ungrateful and so unfriendly. Paul, thank you. Go on then, have a crack at that. 0845 6060973 is a number you can call if you can answer that question. Gratifyingly quiet, actually, for a mystery. The first of the year. So I promise you, if you hit the numbers now, you really will get through. I don't imagine that situation will be sustained long after quarter past 12. But if you've had a question bubbling away for the longest time, or if you've just suddenly remembered it now, or if you spent all of last year trying and failing to get through, or if you've already heard somebody ask something to which you are the person to provide the answer that the rest of us all need then you've got a better chance now than you probably will have for the rest of the year uh ron's in hertfordshire ron question or answer uh good morning james Hello, happy man. new year to you thank you ron. The question. Same to you. carry on the term hard cheese where does that come from because it's it means hard luck yeah. but where does hard cheese come from well it just comes from stale cheese isn't it it's gone hard so you wouldn't want it oh no, it doesn't mean it's hard luck does it of course it does why? The cheese has gone stale. Well, no, cheese, if you, you have soft cheese and hard cheese, I know, but how does it mean hard luck? Because if your cheese has gone stale, it's hard luck, it's bad luck, isn't it? You reckon that's what it is? Well, come on, don't speak to me with such scepticism in your voice, Ron. What else could it be? Well, I'm asking you, because... Well, I'm telling you, if you've got a lovely piece of cheese and it's gone all hard and stale, that is bad luck. Ron. And you reckon that's the answer, do you? It's, Definitive answer. I mean, well, would you would you consider yourself lucky if your if your pound of cheddar had turned into a into a lump of uh, undigestible crud? No, I'd consider myself stupid for leaving it so long before eating it. Well, that's very oh, what would the word be? I suppose self recriminatory of you, <laughs> but you could invoke <laughs> luck if you, for example, had had forgotten that you'd left the cheddar out on the table and it went hard. You might consider yourself unlucky. <laughs> I'm not too sure. Oh, man alive. You know, Honestly. I, 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 it's 13 I, I, minutes I, I, old, 2014's yeah, Mystery no, Hours. I, I, I really, I mean, I, I don't miss one of your programs, oh, but well, I'm not too sure about it. clawing it back now, Ron, a little yeah, desperately. Really, All right, know, then. Why, Origins why of the I, phrase hard cheese, and you think someone's oh, going to yeah, ring yeah. in with something other than just, well, your cheese has gone hard. I'm going to get a round of applause. Well, don't hold your breath, mate. It's 14 minutes after 12. Happy New Year to you, too. Uh, right, okay. Hard cheese. Come on, put Ron out of his misery. Raindrops. Keep falling off. Atomic clocks and black bags. What do you need to answer all four of those questions? You'd need a knowledge of etymology. You'd need a knowledge of... What's the posh word for rainfall? Precipitation. Etymology. Precipitation. Atomic clogs. Clogs? Atomic clogs? What's that? What Dutch nuclear workers were. You'd need a knowledge of etymology. Precipitation. Atomic clocks. And bin bags. Something for everybody at 12.14. LBC 97.3 LBC 97.3 This is London's biggest conversation with James O'Brien. 19 minutes after 12. Guaranteed radio, this. It's the only hour of guaranteed radio on, on air anywhere in the world. You will know more by the end of this hour than you did by the beginning. If you don't, you get your money back, so to speak. Um, I can't, however, offer any assurances that the information... <laughs> you gather will be in any way useful you, you'll just know more than you did 
at the beginning. It won't necessarily have improved your life or your understanding of the universe. You will just know more. That's the promise I make to you every Thursday at noon. 0845 is the number to call if you would like to join in. And you join in, of course, by asking a question which has had you bamboozled for the longest time or by answering one which somebody else has already asked, which currently include... I've got to be honest with you, this really played to me because I've, I've thought this many times myself. In fact, for the first two questions beautifully highlight the, the extremities, how far apart the goalposts are. The first question is, why do black bin bags smell of, smell of bonfires? Second question is, how do they judge the accuracy of an atomic clock, which I know we've done, so someone's going to... I know I, I recognise that, but if I can't remember the answer, I guess it's possible you can't either. Gareth's in Wimbledon. Gareth, question or answer? Good, uh, good afternoon, James. Okay. Happy New Year. Same it's a question. Me. Carry on. Um, I was um, I was uh, catching up uh, on the uh, Mr. Hour podcast over Christmas. And, oh, yeah. Um, living the dream, to... Gareth. Living the dream. I was indeed, Mr. O- Obi. <laughs> and um, the, the question um, of oxygen in space prompted this one. Yeah. Um, you know, in the film Gravity, um, where Sandra Bullock is left stranded uh, on the space station, um, it got me thinking, how long would it take a rescue mission uh, to be deployed uh, were such an event to actually happen? If, if, if you got stuck on, on a space station... Well, no, if you, got, if you were adrift, if there was an accident in space... And you were actually um, adrift in space? Yes. And they had to come from Earth to rescue you? Yes. Hmm. The phrase, don't hold your breath, springs to mind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's... I, and I don't, I'm, I'm conscious last time we talked about this film, I got accused of spoiling it. But only one person, but I take all, all these things to heart, and I don't want to give away the ending of the film or anything like that. But, yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't think you could rescue someone who was adrift in space using just the oxygen tanks in their spacesuit from no, Earth, no. ever. No. So really, all you're asking is how long would the oxygen last for, and that depends how much was in, in the tank in the first place, and then that boils down to how, what's the maximum capacity of a spacewalk tank. Yeah. Well, yeah, but also, you know, I what? mean, if, if such an event did actually happen, you know, I mean, they must have a contingency plan whereby they could actually go and rescue So them. what you want to know is, are there any space lifeboats? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, okay, I like that question. Are, are there any emergency space lifeboats? Yes. Ships. Spaceships. Life, life yeah. spaceships. Life spaceships? Spaceships that are lifeboats. But spaceships. Leave it with me, Gareth. 0845 is the number to call. Brinoculars! Mr. Our Royalty, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'd, li- I'd like to start off by wishing you a right good willy walk to, oh, the, new, to the new year. This is from the... It's not rude, by the way. It's from, it's from the um, old Lang Syne poem song That's very decent of you Brian. It's, the, it's the fifth verse it says it, it says we'll take we'll tack a right good willy wacht it says I, well I, as long as you're keeping me company i'll tack as many willy wachts as i can brian i'm delighted to help you with that <laughs> now the next thing is about raindrops yes and uh i have no um expert knowledge on this but i've always believed that uh, in particularly convective clouds like cumulonimbus, which produce thunderstorms, you have a lot of updrafts as well as downdrafts. And I think what might happen is I think raindrops might start to form in the cloud, and then they get into an updraft and get carried up 
And as they get carried up, more water condenses onto them, and then they fall down again, and then they can get carried up again, and this can happen over and over again. And they can either get bigger and bigger, and sometimes they turn into hailstones, which have, because it's so cold up there, so they have lots and lots of layers of ice. Yes. And sometimes they just turn into very big raindrops, which eventually become so heavy that they drop out of the bottom of the cloud and come hurtling down and hit you on the head. They confound the updraft due to they their weight. They confound any updraft they might sense. In so, uh, now, the corollary of this theory mm. is that if the clouds are not particularly convective ones, so they're not cumulonimbus and they're not cumulus, but they're more these sorts of grey, stratosy type clouds. Which, wispy for the layman. Yeah, where, yeah, wispy, but darker, thicker. Not, I'm not thinking of cirrus, which are the very, very wispy ones. I'm thinking of, of the sort of uh, stratus clouds, you know, low, thick, dark, gloomy thing. Uh, um. You sometimes get those. Uh, and then they, I suspect those are the ones that produce lots of drizzle because there's no convection. So and it's easy for the water drops to fall out of yes, the bottom any, of it. Any, yes, exactly. Any, anything that is, uh, turns into a water drop will just drop out, so even if it's I a was, tiny one. I was remiss in mocking the original questioner for talking about the different weights of raindrops then, as I feared I would be. I made, oh, I didn't even, so I didn't even hear the original question. <laughs> just as well, because I think uh, I made a uh, fool of myself. Oh, did I? Oh, no, I can't believe you would ever do that, James. You no. sound a not well, you're very kind, but the idea that, that heavy rain refers to the weight of individual raindrops was not as ludicrous as I originally suggested. Uh, no, yeah, I, yeah, but I think, and I did remember you, you mentioned something about heavy rain suggesting lots of raindrops. That, that made a lot of sense. Oh, I good, mean, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, it, if it's raining a lot, that's what you call heavy rain. Well, that's what I thought. Whether they're small ones or big ones. But you can have different sized ones, which you've neatly yeah, explained. Yes, 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 absolutely right. No, you, you, you'll sometimes notice that before there's a thunderstorm in really thundery weather, yes. you will get very, very light, big raindrops. In other words... Not many of them. Not many of but them. Big. But huge. Yeah. Uh, and so that's... that You could call that light rain, even though they're heavy raindrops. Yeah. And on the other hand, you could get... Wrong. You could get lots and lots of very fine bits of drizzle... Yes. Which would be uh, rain. light rain oh. and light raindrops. I don't know. No, heavy yeah, rain. Right. No, that would be heavy rain. Heavy right. rain, yeah. but light raindrops. Exactly. Yeah, if you've got enough of them. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to give Good. you a round of applause. Really? Yes. I don't think I deserve it. Oh, well, that's why you're getting one. Oh, that's thank you. That's modesty. Great, it's going out of fashion in the same <laughs> If only I could learn from you, Brian. <laughs> the world would be a much warmer place. God. Thanks a lot, James. Cheers. God bless. Speak to you soon. Elaine is in Forest Hill. More Mystery Hour royalty. Elaine, what have you got Hello. for me? Hello. Um, well, funny you should say royalty because it was referring to the recent honours list. <laughs> oh, yes. The question I wanted to put... Oh, so, so pleased as I suppose millions are that you're back again. I thought you were going to say that I finally, I finally got the recognition I deserve. Analysis of the various days, news that comes up every day. Oh, bless you, um, thank you. No, it's a damn nonsense. What I can never understand is when um, a man becomes a knight, mm. his wife automatically becomes lady, mm. whatever it is. Lady Beckham, for example, except it didn't happen. Yes. Um, but when a woman becomes a dame, as far as I know, nothing happens to the husband. And you'd think, in a way, he might become sort of the Honourable um, David Beckham, should it have happened. Yes. And Why I just doesn't can't the husband get anything? There was, there was a big thing made of the fact that 51% or 52% of something of the honours went to women. So there was obviously a lot of thought being given to the balancing it all out to make it equal. So you think they would, again, make it equal in terms of the honours? 
you know, in terms of putting stuff on the wife. Well, I think you've answered the question, haven't you? No. It, it just harks back to, 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 to times when it was presumed completely erroneously that, that if a woman achieved something in her own right, the, the husband was unlikely to have been an adjunct to it. Do you see what I mean? So I, if I got knighted, if we were married, Elaine, contain your excitement at that prospect. <laughs> if, we could, if we were married and I got yes. knighted, the, the sort of old-fashioned family model would suggest that you were the behind every great man is a great woman, whereas in a sort of quasi-misogynistic way, there's no presumption that there must be a great man behind a great woman. Well, it's just that the two things should seem to go together. Yes, that in this wonderful age of equality, you think that... Well, that's it, but this is the honours system, which has about as much to do with equality as cheese does with well, no, Formula One racing. Well, no, that you're honouring women, which, which in me, not more, are honouring more women now than they ever did, which it would imply True. that they are saying that they, they're good in their own right. You know, what would they, we call him, do you think? What, hmm? what would we call well, the, I'm the saying, Dames I'm partner. suggesting something, well, I would suggest him like the Honourable or something. The Honourable. I'm, I'm not suggesting you should, but... but it, it works the other way, that if a, a man becomes a knight, why upgrade the woman? I like that. I, I, I do actually like that. But I, oh, I'm, I'm so I, I, pleased. Well, so am I. But I imagine <laughs> the answer will have something to do with, with just because when it, when it was first instituted, mm. we lived in a very different world, a much less equal world. Well, you could argue that when we lived in another world of about 40, 50 years ago, to get a knighthood, you had to do more than run a... You know, get a couple of gold medals. Or, hang, or hang on to your seat. Or hang on to your issue. seat on the back benches of the of the House of Commons for thirty years and get a, get a gong yes, or a seat in the Lords as a reward. But we yes. won't go there, Elaine. Not today. Okay, but we can go there with the answer. I will. I do my best. Happy New Year. I shall then I'll get it. I get it. I like that. Well, do, well first of all, do, are we sure that the partner, the consort of an ennobled female, doesn't get any concomitant honour in the way that if I got knighted and we were married, you'd be Lady O'Brien? You see. So what if you got damed? That's probably not a verb. If you received a damehood, what would I be? <laughs> Answers on a postcard. It's coming up to half past 12. You're listening to James O'Brien on LBC 97.3. A few questions for you to answer. Hard cheese. Are there, are there any emergency spaceships? I actually really like that question. So if something happens in space, are there any spaceships? I need a better phrase than spaceships. I sound like a, I'm sort of talking about cartoons. What's the proper phrase? Rockets? So that's not much better. No, shuttles. It's all just thing. No, I'm going to stay with spaceships. Are there any emergency spaceships in case something goes wrong in space? Oh eight four five six zero six zero nine seven three. And why do black bin bags smell? Smell. I've got a slight cold at the moment. So that's the worst phrase to employ at the moment. Why do black bin bags smell of bonfires? A second class return to Nottingham, please. It's twelve thirty. LBC 97.3. Call 0845 6060 Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with James O'Brien. 33 minutes after 12. This is LBC 97.3. This is also, of course, available as a podcast, which gives you the wonderful opportunity of being able to rewind the bits you didn't quite understand, or indeed the bits that you seek to enjoy again. And that will probably describe the next intervention from the well-known artiste, Fizzy 50, who is one of a host of internationally famous recording superstars who have now uh, recorded their own Mystery Hour 
theme tunes. Take it away, Fizz. If you're a doctor or a proctor or just sell from door to door, validation of your evidence is what we're waiting for. Of the universe is trivialist questions of the year, like why it's bad to die in Delos or find cheese behind your ear. Your only obligations to obey O'Brien's law. That's cool. Don't text. So phone up quick and don't be fit for a mystery hour applause. That's only one of O'Brien's laws, but, but the rest tend to come and go according to whim and whimsy. Thank you, Fizzy50. We should do a little podcast of all the theme tunes, shouldn't we? Like a, a collector's edition. We, we should look into that, but it, it, it would involve work for Jones the Engineer. But hey, new year, new you, mate. Come on, get your finger out. Uh, I've got a couple of phone lines free. Remember, I only say the number if I have, so 0845 if you want to get your question on the board, or indeed if you can answer any of these. Why do black bags smell of bonfires? So far, my enthusiasm for that question seems only to have been shared by myself and the questioner, but I'm sure, I'm sure you'll come across. Um, how can an atomic clock be adjudged the most accurate ever? I think I've worked out the answer to that from memory, but I'll leave it there for you to do first. Uh, raindrops, we've done. Oh, hard cheese. Why does hard cheese mean bad luck? I know it might be obvious, but usually when I say something is obvious, I end up looking silly, as I did to a degree with the raindrops question. Uh, and in response to the film Gravity, which you should see if you haven't, especially in 3D, one of the few films that really benefits from being in 3D. Do we have emergency space vehicles? So you know, like rockets and spaceships that can go to space to rescue people who are stuck there. Might seem like a silly question, but my goodness me, it wouldn't seem silly if you were stuck in space now, would it, eh? And uh, and finally, why don't the husbands of dames get honoured in the way that the wives of knights do, the wives of knights and lords? Oh eight four five six oh six oh nine seven three. quick hello to Mark in Sydenham. Mate, the TARDIS is never going to be a satisfactory answer to the question about... Um, interplanetary space rescue vehicles is it it's 1235 mike's in croydon mike question or answer uh it's an answer change come on mike uh to the atomic clock oh yeah so um i think yeah i've actually covered this before That's i'm right. gonna go through it and um hopefully i can make it make sense go on. um right so a clock counts time by measuring a set interval between two points yes by a second so all clocks lose time uh due to interruption so mechanical clock will lose that bit between the two seconds uh, as the cogs move, don't move at a constant rate because of um, effects like gravity or friction. Friction, yeah. Okay. So that's why, you know, most clocks lose time. However beautifully constructed it may be, it will never be perfect. Exactly. Okay. Now, some materials, um, they decay at an atomic level, and that's things like uranium. Okay, they call it the ha- like a half-life. Yeah. Now, as the atoms decay, they create radiation. Uh, we can measure that radiation using things like a Geiger counter. Yeah. So as the atom decays, it releases radiation, and that creates a click. Yeah? So it releases now, radiation in a sort of wave form, so there's a gap between each click. Each, yeah, so, yeah, between each um, radiation's created, um, machine reads it, gets a click, and then the next um, next atom decays. Yes. Now, some of these atom um, materials would decay at a... Cont- constant rate yeah yeah like so wherever in the universe they are they will be decaying at that set rate okay um and that's obviously worked out mathematically by you know some very very clever fellows yes from that because they know it is a constant and it'll be constant um there'll be no external effects yeah so heat or anywhere in the universe that decay will be happening continuously and it'll be happening forever yeah you therefore know that that gap between each 
So how can one be more accurate than another? Because how can that be more accurate than the last one that got made? So he said it's the well, most I'll, accurate atomic clock ever made. Because as as the um, as the materials get, you know, or, you know, the elements get heavier, so we you know we find out more about each next element. Yeah, you know, along with periodic table, or yeah, you can then I assume that they're then calculating that this is, you know, degrading at an even more constant rates. So it's never going to affect us because you're looking at millions and millions and millions of years of differences between the, you know, the degrading of one material and the degrading of another. Um, so Beautifully done, no, you've done it. Saying, you've, you've nailed it. Well, what are your qualifications? Um, it was actually a question um, my daughter had to do for her GCSE chemistry. Sorry, PhD chemistry, was that? No, no, it's only GCSE, actually. Oh. And, um, and also, I think you have covered it before. Yeah. Um, mm. but, yeah. Well, it's earned you a round of applause. Oh, thank you very much. How oh, beautifully done. Is that a fart? No. But we, get, we remembered to give Brian Oculus his round of applause, didn't we? Yeah. No, oh, good. It's 1238. Thank you, Mike. 0845 So we've done atomic clocks and we've done raindrops. Sounds like a Mary Poppins lyric. We need to know about hard cheese, international space rescue. Well, not international. Interplanetary space rescue and dames. Uh, Samantha is in Richmond. Question or answer, Samantha? Question, please. Go on. I've got a little four-year-old that I look after. Oh. And just before Christmas, we were feeding the ducks. Oh, yes. And she asked me, why do we feed bread to ducks? And I can't answer it. Because they're hungry. I have Googled it and everything. It's because but they're I hungry. can't find an answer. Well, yeah, but why bread? Uh, she, she then asked me, do they have sandwiches for lunch? Bless them. <laughs> so, she didn't say, thought, why, why don't we feed them quackers? Exactly. Uh, so I, I, thought, I know the answer to this. No, but I, I, it's not. It's not. The answer. The, the answer is actually quite simple. Because we were feeding the ducks yesterday. Do you know what happened in the pub yesterday? Of course you don't. You weren't there. But it's not far from you in Richmond. The the tide on the on the Thames came up to the windows of the pub. So it was actually lapping against the windows. The landlord said about once a year they have to change the carpet. So it must be very high tides at the moment, which is partly why we were out feeding the ducks. And if you looked around your kitchen now for something that was relatively cheap, easily available and digestible, what would you actually settle on? Bread, and that's, my answer that, to that, was because it floats as that, well. That's your but answer. Where does it? But where does it come from? I mean, it doesn't come from anywhere. The first person who wanted to feed to ducks, ponds. the first person who wanted to feed ducks, looked around their hovel and saw some recently baked cakes or breads, dough-based goods that had possibly gone a bit stale and weren't needed anymore, and therefore they were what was picked up, and, and it still holds true. If you look around your kitchen now, you, you're not going to give them a tin of beans, are you, or a bit of smoked salmon. You're going to go for the thing that's cheapest, most available, and floating helps as well, which also rules out the tin of beans, and therefore bread is why we feed ducks bread. It's just everybody's got bread. I mean, it used to be all you had in the house. Well, I'll try it out and I'll see how no, we go. I'm not having that. I know. I'm taking a round of applause <laughs> for this. I appreciate that four-year-olds can be a little hard to hard to persuade on some issues. Uh -huh. but there's no other answer to this. There can't be another I've answer. I tried it and she wouldn't accept it. She said, no, but why bread? Because I say so. Have you tried that? <laughs> no, I've tried well, that There well. you go. You can have that for nothing. <laughs> it's 12.41. This is LBC 97.3. Uh, oh eight four five quickly. It's twelve forty one. There's two phone lines free. If you want one of them, you can. Oh eight four five six zero six zero nine seven three. Tony's in Coolsdon. Question or answer, Tony? It's an answer. Carry on. It's to your uh, hard cheese. Oh. It first appeared in a play called The Tiger at Large. Yeah, you're not reading this, are you, Tony? No, I'm reading my answer. Why? Because I wrote it down in the pub quiz. Did you? <laughs> what in a little diary type? 
booklet. It or... intrigued me. Yeah, okay. I mean, so it is only from your own, the fruits of your own research that you're reading this answer. Oh, yeah. Because this is a Google-free zone. This is not, you're not allowed to re- refer to any works of reference, either online or on I paper. I can't use a computer. That's two, that's two people so far on Mystery Hour who can't use a computer. Anyway, there you are. Back to your notes. Right. It, it came from a play called The Tiger at Large. Oh, yes. It's in a collection of plays called, and I can't read my own writing here, I think it's called The Acting National Drama. It was edited by a chap called Benjamin Webster, and it appeared in the 1830s. Now, the expression involved a chap, I think his name was Jed. Oh, yeah. Either Jed or Jem. Is this your re- is this your writing that's causing the problems again? It is. Okay. Well, oh, do you know? I mean, on the one hand, that's slightly annoying because we'd like to be a little more certain. But on the other hand, it adds to the authenticity of your contribution. Well, this is what I've written down e- from e- the exactly. And the fact that you can't read your own writing means any doubters out there who might have thought that you were reading it off a computer screen or out of a book are going to be confounded, aren't they, Tony? <laughs> Well, as I say, I didn't have much time to write it down from the quizmaster. Evidently. So they're Jed but or Jem. But the expression was, Jen, uh, Jed or Jen, Jem, only earn a pound a week, and it, all he can afford is hard cheese. So you're right as well. Yeah. So it is just bad cheese. Cheese has gone cheese, off. Just cheese, yes, yeah. And, th- and they still buy it because you could toast it or something like that. Well, yeah, but... Where was the pub quiz, Tony? At the Golden Lion in Catrum. How did you get on? We lost. Oh. <laughs> well, that's why you're taking notes. So next that's time, why I take if notes. that question anything, comes up again, you're taking them down, Tony. Well, anything that intrigues me, like this one, because I hadn't got a clue on it. No, nor me. So and and that, you know, this means that you, in future, if you ever ring in again, you will be Tony the Tiger. Oh, thank you very much. No, you're, you're very well. Well, the question was, why is hard cheese hard... Oh, hang on. No, Jones the Engineer says you haven't answered the question. Well, it was bad luck that he only earned a pound a week. Yeah, you see. All he so could he afford could, was hard cheese. So that's hard cheese, because you're skint. Hard cheese. Skin, exactly. Hard cheese, unlucky. Unlucky, bad luck, whatever. It's quite a tough pub quiz, that one at the Golden Line in Caterham. It's normally all right, but God knows where he got this question from. Well, he got it from the Tiger at Large, didn't he, by Benjamin well, Webster? <laughs> Come on, Tony, keep up. I think I think he was Googling something and this came up. How does it work? Because I haven't been to a pub quiz since the kids were born, inevitably. How, how do they guard against smartphone usage and things like that? Because, I mean, someone like Jones the Engineer, who's quite sly, he'd be Googling away. <laughs> Googling away. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, you put your phone on the table in front of you. What if you go to the gents? Uh, then you leave it. And do they, does anyone check? Uh, well, p- people wander around. Do they really? Yes. On, on smartphone duty? Smartphone sentry? But basically, yeah, because, you know, there's some weeks there's uh, like 150 quid uh, available <sighs> to you. There's no, no hard cheese there, then. No. <laughs> Tony, it's earned you this! A lesson for us all, I think, there, in the importance of taking notes in pubs. It's coming up, well, it's just gone quarter to one. If you want to get involved in the first mystery hour of 2014, you better be quick. Of 47. Did you, who else heard an echo of Ray McAnally, Ray McAnally then, in a, in a very British coup? A uh, story Julia will be discussing later about the abolition or the removal of first-class travel. Anyone? Anyone at the back? The sea of empty faces staring back at me. There's a brilliant book by Chris Mullin, um, A Very British Coup, which was filmed for television, and he came in to, to talk to us about his diaries, Chris Mullin, and he was very honest and modest. He said, actually, that line you're referring to, James, it, 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 I didn't write that. Alan Plater, the great screenwriter, wrote it when he was adapting my book 
for the screen. And it's, it's about an old-fashioned socialist prime minister who gets elected almost by accident and the, the establishment and the security services are desperate to get rid of him. And that's where the plot goes. But he's pulling away from the station just after being get, getting elected and all the journalists are gathered on the platform at, at King's Cross or York or somewhere like that. Is it true that you want to abolish first-class travel, prime minister? Ray McAnally was a magnificent actor, a real actor of weight and, and, and gravitas, leans out of the train window and he goes, no... I want to abolish second-class travel. I don't know why I've always loved that line so much. It always seemed to me to be absolutely at the very heart of, uh, of enlightened politics. But um, that, that is a variation on a theme that Bob Crow, speaking of enlightened politics, will be discussing with Julia later. Anne's in Ealing. Back to mystery hour. Anne, question or answer? It's a question, James. Yes. Um, I'm wondering if you know how word search put their... Their words together. How, 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 do you, how do you make a word search? Yeah, how does that? I mean, it, it might be really simple. I don't know. I've asked a couple of people, and they're like, "Don't know." Who have you and asked? Who have you asked? Who have you asked? Who have you asked? Oh, my partner, yeah. Yeah, a friend. You know, the mm. usual, the usual suspect. suspect. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it, it was here. The computers. This sort of game was here a long time. So I'm just wondering if anybody can tell me how. That, it just works. I don't know. I love it. I, know, I like know a nice much. word search. I like a nice word search. Oh, I love it. It's, it's a ticking, isn't it? It is. But the do you know there are only there are two possible answers to your question, and I will is let there? you choose which one you like. Okay. Okay, so let us imagine a grid that is 50 squares by 50, right? Okay. Now, we now fill every square in that grid with a random letter, completely randomly, no. right? And then we spend ages looking at it to find some words that have appeared there by accident. And we write them all down, and then we set the word search. So that's option number one, right? Right. Option number two is here's your grid. Doesn't, what? doesn't no, that go on. take a bit long? Well, hang on. You might, that not, might not be the option you choose, Anne. I'm building tension. <laughs> option number two would be a grid that is 50 by 50, right? Into yeah. which then the compiler would write a lot of words, and then they would fill in all the gaps with randomly generated letters and then that would be your word search so which one do you think it is well i'd prefer to to put a load of random well you can't what? you can't do it that way can you no the first way exactly. no so it has it have to be that does sound logical yeah. I've, I've always wondered do you think that's what it is, is I, that the, I, I, it, I, well I, i've got a hunch well so you don't know either oh come off it and of course it's how they do it no, it can't be. It can't be. No, it's too God. many. It's loads of them. Yeah, but you just... you. I can't really explain Look, it. Look, I'm really. flicking through one now. Yeah. There's loads of them. Yeah, but imagine <laughs> what it looked like when it was just the words there. Mm. And then all the empty bits. You always complicate things. I don't know how you can accuse me of complicating <laughs> things. I've you given you an answer of, 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 frankly, exceptional simplicity and beauty. Yeah, but I won't know that until uh, other people... What? I, oh, I can't take your word for it, but, can I? But it's not a... It's not a it's, <laughs> what, did you watch Sherlock Holmes last night? No, but I'm looking forward to the um, episode coming on the radio. I do... Um, I'm, I'm not allowed to... No, you're not. Why, you, why, I'm talking about the telly. Leave the blimmin' radio no. out of it. Oh, the radio got me own images. I heard the last one with Moriarty. Better, better oh, pictures. Oh, on, but... on, yeah, my fault. I should never have gone down that avenue. Let me, let me oh. pretend I haven't. Do you know what Sherlock okay. Holmes' most famous dictum is? What is his most famous insight into the art of detection and problem solving? Um, oh, I, was, I don't know. I listened to the way he puts it all together. But his most famous would be, I suppose, 
Oh, James, I can't think of a tough mid. When you have eliminated the impossible, whatever you are left with, however improbable, must be the truth. And that, Anne, <laughs> is what I just did to word searches for you. Yes, but I don't know that for sure. I can't tell you a word for it. Now, if you were Sherlock, I might be a bit more inclined. Uh, well, unfortunately, Anne, I am going to take a round of applause now. You are? Yes. <laughs> Well, good job I wasn't ringing up just for the round of applause well, there, that, it? But there is no earthly way... All I wanted was an answer. I've given you an answer. <laughs> there is I'm no... not satisfied. There is no earthly way that word searches could be constructed in any other way. I know they're not complicated, but I just... I just didn't know. But now but you do, could... and there's no gratitude. No, I'm still in the same place. I've got an idea. You've given... If there's not another are one... There, are you on your own? Yes, that's going to be my next question. Uh, what? That's going to be, um, is there any other way? Is that it could are be Are you done. on your own at home at the moment? <laughs> home alone. Are, are you home alone? <laughs> yes, I am. Oh. Why? I was going to talk to someone else. And I was going to ask them whether this was normal behaviour for you to be... <laughs> it's like the sun has come up and you're saying, wait there, Daniel, <laughs> Daniel's in... Swan <laughs> Anne, 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 Anne. Daniel's in Swanley. I know you haven't rung in for this, Daniel, but how do you reckon they make word searches? Um, I, I'd go with your way, mate. I think they, um, they generate the letters after the words. Is it, is, it, is it possible to conceive of any circumstances on God's green <laughs> earth in exactly. which words such as... I get that, but why would you do one little one after another little one? Tell me, it's so painstaking. Well, you Come get paid, Anne. Well, how would you get any other words, otherwise? You've got to know what words you're looking for, aren't you? Uh, Daniel, hear a minute, mate. <laughs> go on. Am I, um, am I, am I missing something here? You, no, I don't think you are. No, no I think I am. <laughs> no. Yeah, I think you are. I think you are. Yeah, and it's not your. It's no, not the truth. That's uh, what I'm missing. All right. I'm missing. <laughs> and have a have a lovely Great. 2014. I can't end to you. Okay. What? I can't um, take your word for it though. Uh, oh, I'd well, I'd, be... I'd, all right. I'll leave the phone lines open. <laughs> Thanks, James. God bless. It's 12:54. Daniel, are you still there? Oh, I am. Yes. Blimey. <laughs> I got a question, please, James. Go on then. It's um, after sharing an extremely hot bath after my wife's got out of the water. Yeah, well, I was wondering at what temperature would we cook in the bath or <laughs> sunbathing in the like when you're in Cyprus or whatever? Would we Cyprus <laughs> or anywhere, uh, wherever, anywhere hot? Wherever it's hot when you're sunbathing or in the bath when you come out looking like a lobster after sharing the wife's well, bath. Well, sunburn is is cooking. Some, I mean, when you sunburn, you've started to cook, haven't you? I suppose, yeah. And blistering and stuff really? like that. I mean, it's funny that. Why doesn't... And then in the bath when it's really hot. So at what, at what temperature does human skin... Start to cook. It's not the most cheerful question we've ever had, Daniel. No, but it comes from the wife as well. And I, I don't know, I can't be... I thought it sounded stupid when she said it. I just thought, well, we'd just cook like a bird or something if you put it in the oven, but like anything else would, but she won't have it. You could and d when you come out looking like a lobster out of the bath that she's just been sitting in for an hour... Yeah. I am. Um, can I, run, I just? Sorry, it's all gone a little bit surreal, hasn't it? The, this mystery out. But uh, I, I mentioned just before Christmas that I sometimes get into the bath after Mrs. O'Brien has been in it, and I got about half a dozen texts accusing me of all manner of unhygienic practices. I thought it was normal practice. Yeah, I thought so. And also, even worse, she shared it with my little five-year-old daughter, who had chundered in the bath as well, and I still had to jump in there and quickly share that. What? After we cleared that. Out, so a bath of, with vomit in it. <laughs> no, it's been cleaned out. She's only five months old. It'll be a milk. Oh, I'm uh, flipping out. Yeah. Yeah, five, no, I, thought yeah, no, five no, year, I thought you said five-year-old. No, 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 things ain't that bad. But yeah, oh, so, and you still come out looking red as anything. 
I, uh, I said I said that it was all going a bit surreal. We've left it a little late. It's all Anne's fault. But I'll try, yeah, I'll try and get you an answer. At what temperature does human flesh become friable? 0845 is the number to call. Are we not going to get... So no one can help me out with the space ship question or the dames question. Uh, that's all that's left now, isn't it? Can you... Is there any organisation dedicated to space rescue? Thunderbirds. Is there a real-life version of international rescue? Like, so if you do, like in that Sandra Bullock film, get stranded in space... Can anybody help? 0845-606-0973. And do we have any idea, other than tradition, why the partners, the husbands most obviously, of ennobled women, dames, don't get any titles when the wives of ennobled men usually do? Uh, Paul is in Croydon. Paul, question or answer? Uh, question. That's it. Go on. Uh, question is, why does the sea, the oceans not become saturated with salt over time why would they well my understanding my i had a question prior to that which was answered years ago yeah was why is the oceans why are the ocean salty and the yeah. answer to that was that with the rain falling down the mountains on land exactly yeah Rings takes it, down sodium the into the sea mm. and it keeps so then the next question is well then the sea would keep getting denser with salt yeah so over billions of years, why well, wouldn't it be, become saturated? Because we, we so, haven't had enough years yet, I think. I, I mean, the, 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 what, the, 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 what was it, the Dead Sea, that's much, much saltier than other seas. So it no, that's the sea, I'm talking about the oceans, because oh, right. they're much bigger. Okay. The I mean, much yeah, but bigger. the point I was making was that the volumes aren't big enough yet for, for saturation to have occurred, whereas in the Red Sea, the, the Dead Sea, they are big enough. Okay, but by the same token, I've oh, never heard that on. this um, the density of salt in the sea is increasing over time. It always seems to well, be there's the There's probably same. a finite amount of salt. Maybe all the salt's already been washed into the oceans, Paul. Um, well, the, my understanding is continuing into, you know, as the mountains keep on getting uh, eroded by rain yeah. and so on, that sodium keeps going into the into the rivers and going into the sea. Yeah, but, but it's not quite the same question that you asked. I mean, you've never heard it reported that the saltiness of the oceans has increased. But, I mean, frankly, I don't know where you would hear that until it became a problem, and the fact that it hasn't become a problem is, in a sense, an answer to your question, i.e. it hasn't happened yet. I probably won't take a round of applause for that, but I do want to squeeze in Bob in Surbiton before we go. Bob, hit it! I'll try that again. Bob? I can sort of hear you barking vaguely in the background, Bob. Are you there? Oh, sorry, James. Yeah, I am. There he is. Just hoving into view. 17 seconds left. Why do black bin liners smell of rubbish? Oh, I believe it's because of the makeup of the polymers, which is carbon, double carbon, isn't it? Um, is it? And but then all plastic bags should smell of rubbish. Well, because... Bonfires, bonfires. Obviously, they smell of rubbish the when they're... The purity full. of them, I think. I don't know. I'm going to give you a round of applause for that. Do you know what, Bob? I'd even say it wasn't worth the wait. That's it from me for another day. We'll do it all again tomorrow from 10 here. Back from her travels is Julia Hartley-Brown.